Hi there, and welcome to the Band Office. After a brief hiatus, we're back for another wonderful conversation with two phenomenal music educators. But before we begin, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Band Office. This show began as a simple three-episode graduate school project intended to offer advice and encouragement to young band directors. And after receiving several emails, getting lots of views and downloads, I spent some time planning some more episodes, discussing band topics, which actually several listeners requested. And we have some really great episodes lined up for the future. Now, it turns out that band directors are fairly busy people, believe it or not, and scheduling a time for interviews isn't always the easiest thing to do. But I'm going to do my very best to have a new episode out for you at least once a month, maybe twice. And I certainly hope that you'll join us for all future episodes. But most importantly, if you find any of these discussions helpful, or if you know of a band director that might benefit from hearing them, please share them and help spread the word. And if you have an idea for an episode topic, or if you know of a really great band director you'd like to hear from on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram at bandofficepodcast, or by sending an email to thebandofficepodcast at gmail.com. And now, on with the show. On this episode of The Band Office, we will be discussing band parent organizations, how to foster healthy relationships with parents of band students, how to encourage them to stay involved, and how to handle difficult or contentious situations if they arise. Joining the conversation today is Dr. Jerry Markoch, Director of Bands at Athens Drive High School in Raleigh, North Carolina, and Mr. Topher Kane second-year teacher and newly appointed director of bands at Brevard Middle School in Brevard, North Carolina. Gentlemen, thank you for being here with us today, and welcome to the band office. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Dr. Markoch, let's begin with you. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and about your career in music education. Okay, um, I, this is starting, I'm going to start my 30th year at Athens Drive High School in Raleigh. And um, I'll get back to that, why I've, this is year 30. A lot of it has to do with our parents, to be quite honest with you. Um, And before that, uh, I did five years of graduate school at Bowling Green, Ohio, um, and uh, Louisiana State University, LSU. Um, And I was teaching middle school all those five years in the morning, and then I do my graduate studies in the afternoon, evening. And then before that, I taught three years in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, at a small school called Manchester, a suburb of Akron, Ohio. And I did that for three years. I taught five through 12. And um, so, you know, since 23 years old, I've been just immersed in music education. Wonderful. And uh, were you raised in Ohio? Yes. Yeah. I grew up in Northeastern Ohio. So Ohio is a big band state and that's where I got all my, you know, a lot of my training. All right. Very good. Well, Mr. Kane, if you don't mind, uh, give us a little insight into your past and your first year teaching. So I grew up in the Asheville area. So this new job that I'm getting is, is coming home uh, for me. And um, uh, I'm from Asheville. I went to AC Reynolds High School. Then I went to Appalachian State University. Um, I graduated in uh, 2022, um, and so I'm, I'm kind of fresh off the boat, as they say. Um, I spent this last year at Mill Creek Middle School in Catawba County, North Carolina, where we had some good success there, And uh, but coming home and being closer to family um, brought me down to Brevard, where I'll be starting next year. 
Um, when I was at App, I um, was drum major. I did a couple of the other stuff like NCMEA and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't really talk too much because my career is a little shorter than some. So. No, that's perfect. Uh, thank you for sharing and thank you both for being here with us again. We're very glad that you're with us today. Uh, Topher, one of the reasons that I asked you to come on to the show is uh, a listener actually wrote in and said, hey, it would be wonderful if we could have a younger band director or a student teacher come on to the show and, and maybe ask questions of the guests and uh, give their insights as well, because it's a completely different perspective than someone uh, like myself who's been teaching for 16 years or Dr. Markoch who's been teaching for 30 so certainly don't be afraid to hop in with any questions or comments that you have, and uh, we're just glad you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Well, let's dive into our first question, shall we? What advice do you have for a novice band director who is beginning their career at a school with uh, already well-established parent organization? Ride the wave. Um, that first year, you're doing a lot of observation. You're not there to shake up anything. You're there to... Those folks have been there. They have a lot of traditions. And probably what they're most afraid of is that you're going to break all those traditions. So what you're doing your first year is building relationships, not trying to change anything. You're trying to really learn from them. How did you do that? Oh, that's very interesting. Cool. Let's. I. How can I help you? Um, this is great. And meanwhile, you're making little notes, mental notes of what works really well and what probably could be tweaked in, in the coming years. But that first year, if it's a well-built, and I, I have been a part, both of the jobs that I've been a part of, um, big jobs, I should say, um, they had fairly decent running band organizations. So I didn't have to invent the wheel. I came in and I just said, hey, let's go. Um, and, you know, I... Uh, would always praise them and thank them uh, uh, genuinely for what they're doing. I would always say, teach me, how, how are you doing this? Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, and, um, you know, so I didn't try to take over anything. They usually are, um, you know, you don't have to play that ego card of saying, well, I've got to do this right now. Just, just let them ride. So there you go. Um, in my experience, um, I've seen, what would help me this year as the novice band director was to just ask as many questions as possible. Um, and kind of almost to the point where you don't even think you need to ask the questions. Um, and that, that helped me kind of get a really wholesome, uh, well-rounded opinion on what the organization was. Now I was at the middle school level, so I was still helping a lot with the, the high school band too. Um, and that really helped me let them know what I was curious about and what I really was um, engaged in, in in the in the program. Um, now I feel like as an office band director, I can kind of ask this question in um, of what if the 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 it's a well established band program and you come in as a novice band director and they don't respect you. I know that kind of asks. There's another question later on, but. Um, what if they don't respect you and they're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you're t only 22. No, let's go ahead and dig into that because that unfortunately is something that happens. And I'm afraid in today's world, it happens more often than not. As a matter of fact, I have some personal experience with this. Uh, as a young teacher, um, I taught at one school for my first year. And then that principal who hired me 
went to another school in an adjoining county, and there was a band director opening, and he called and said, hey, would you be interested in coming and working here with me again? And I said, sure. I really liked working with him, and and I'm glad I did because I stayed there at that school for 14 years. And um, my second year that I was there, the band booster organization, the president of the organization, asked, "What can I take you to dinner? And it was just the two of us. And I said, sure, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. Let's talk about the year and talk about what's happened and, and talk about the future. And at that meeting, I was blindsided with this piece of paper that was slid across the table to me that was signed by all of the board members, which was only three other people at the time. Um, but it said, this is calling for your resignation from the school. And like I said, I was just flabbergasted. I had no clue that this was even being discussed or that this could be done or that the parents would have the authority to do this, um, which they didn't. But uh, they, you know, the principal kind of laughed and thought it was funny. And, you know, he reassured me that, you know, you're doing the right things, you're teaching well, and uh, the parents just don't like the change. And the change that I made was not, in my mind, a huge change. The band director before me gave the students, uh, he called it a free Friday every week, so they would watch movies or play video games and not do anything educational. Uh, And then Monday through Thursday, the students would play for about 45 minutes, and then they would get 45 minutes to relax or do homework or do whatever they needed to do uh, or wanted to do, really. And that's just not how I was going to run the classroom. Uh, I was trained to use every minute possible to help make my students successful. And so we played from bell to bell every class period. And the students didn't like that. So they went home and told their parents that, you know, they weren't having a good time in band, even though they were, and they were becoming better musicians, they simply did not like the change. And in turn, the parents, and and I say the parents, I don't mean to say all the parents, but those few parents that were in charge of the booster organization made the decision that we're going to ask him to resign because our, our children don't like what's going on in the classroom. Well, I have, I've been in, in a, in a similar uncomfortable situation. Um, I, I, yes, I mean, in some ways, um, you're the young guy and you can't help but feel that some of those parents are looking at you as you're young. You don't have children. Um, you know, you don't know. And that's all true. Um, let me get this out first. You are the only one who can be fired right, in the school system. So every decision that affects a child has to be through you. It has to go through you because you're the only one that could be um you know, fire. You can be, uh, you can have adverse uh, situation happen to you through the school board, etc. So the parents have to understand whether they think you're young or not. You are the gatekeeper of any decision that affects a kid. I think of it a lot like I'm the pastor of a church. Now that's the board, the parent board, but I'm the pastor. I'm the the guy that's talking to the people, and I'm the preacher, etc. It's a lot like that. So every decision that affects a kid. I go, it goes through me. I never had a parent 
just tell me I'm too young, but you could see sometimes, sometimes, especially in situations like what you went into where something wasn't going very well, they kind of want to pull that card on you and they kind of want to push you a little bit. So my recommendation is this, um, because I've had that same thing, that lunch, dinner, that whole thing where the parent, what I had was a a booster president really wanted to become the CEO of the organization and have every single decision go through him versus me. Well, what I did was I went to my principal. Now, this is important. When you see a situation happening with your parents, you've got to quickly get on with your principal and make sure that they don't get surprised. Make sure that you guys are on the same page. If necessary, with the principal, go to your arts director, whatever. Make sure that as you see something brewing, a battle or something, make sure that you have all your reinforcements in a row. And they're going to all tell you, we support you. Matter of fact, I once time asked my principal, honest to God, if I had to disband the board, if I had to disband the parent organization, would you support me? And he said, absolutely. Because they work for us, the school. And if you, as the employee of the school, say they're making too many weird decisions, they're not listening, you have the right to disband them and start all over again. As you know, so um, fortunately, it didn't get to that. Um, so what happened in this case with my parent was I had a meeting with the parents. Uh, it was the president. This was guys taking control, whatever. And I said, and this is a key word. I said, folks, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I feel and that's a big word but it's a good word, comfortable. I said, every decision has to go through me. I feel as though we're, we're, we're taking on responsibility that really isn't your responsibility. I'm willing to talk to you about things, but in the end, you know, the buck stops here. I'm, I'm the gatekeeper because that's what my job description is. And it's also what the school board has me do. And um, it turned out that that guy resigned immediately and everybody else stayed on. And they were actually horrified that this guy was trying to run away with all this power. In fact, after it was all over, they thanked me to, for, because I stood up and I said, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. I mean, that's I'm not comfortable. The word was I wasn't comfortable in that situation. And I knew my principal had me had my back. So if somebody went ahead over my shoulder, it'd be fine. Um, so my feelings are get your ducks in a row with your folks and then use words such as I'm not comfortable. Everything goes through me. And then just just be a good human being. Just be genuine. Be, don't, don't, don't give back that real ugly negativity. Just say, it's got to be this way. This is the way it is. I'm willing to listen to your side. But in the end, you know, from my perspective, this is what we're going to do. Um, just don't lose your cool. You got to stay cool. Yeah. Great words of advice. As a uh, <clears throat> beginning band director, I, I have a lot of friends who are also dealing with that, that being that younger director um, and one of the questions I think that they have asked, not asked me, but like have talked about was you had mentioned, you had talked to your principal about, um, disbanding the organization or like starting fresh yep. where, where would you, what, what, are, what were your guidelines on when to do that? Like what would have caused you to really push for that as an option? Cause I think some people think that's not an option. Um, but where, where would you draw that line, both, you know, Andrew or? Well, if it was if it was the vast majority of the board and you could tell it's it's they're ganging up. Then probably the next step I would say is we need to sit down with the principal and maybe the arts director. We, 
that the board folks, the principal, myself, the arts director, and if it cannot be ironed out, then I would say, I'm not comfortable. I want to do it and do it in front of the principal and everything. Because again, you this is this is big and you would need to have that principal and that arts director on your side saying, nope, you have the authority to do that. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to get a new board, people that are you know supportive. And, you know, every time we do, um, um, you know, a new board every year, we go through our our elections or not really elections, but we, you know, nominations and then we appoint the board. That's a that's a very important time for band boosters and the band director, because I just want to make sure that everybody's uh, got good dispositions, that they're on board and very supportive parents, that they tend to be, they're not people that are trying to push back and are argumentative. They tend to work well as chaperones. You know, we kind of look at that even tempered disposition. And um, so, you know, I had, like I said, I've, I've had just a few instances early in my career of that. And that's how I handled it. But no, fortunately, it didn't get that bad because this person, basically what happened is when I called called him on it, he went kind of nutso a little bit and then he left the room. He just quit. He just resigned. And everybody else looked and went, I never knew that was going on. I mean, they were almost naive. The thing about it is some parents, like kids, they'll go along with the crowd. There's always usually one or two parents at most that are the real instigators. Everybody else just goes with it. So usually that person will eventually either turn or they'll just they'll just resign. They'll just say it's not. And that's fine. Just, you know, it's just not going to work. Unfortunately, you can't you can't sometimes you can't help everybody. You can't change necessarily everybody. It's tough, but you got to let it go. But I never had to go quite to that. But that's how I would do it. Get your backing. Yeah. And another piece of advice I could give, and this has been the standard for the groups that I've had, uh, the parent groups I've had over the years, is the principal or an assistant principal is always invited and welcome and encouraged to be at those meetings, especially if you're a young band director. I think it's important to have your administrator there, not just as support, but also so they know what's going on and they have a little more insight. And let me say this, too. You want to, as a young band director particularly, you don't. You want to try to not get it to the point where it has to go that direction. And that, you know, definitely you could try your best, but it will. But you don't want to get it to the point of it. So, and again, this is kind of going down your questions, but this is very, very important. You must continually, genuinely thank your parents for all the effort they do, whether it's moving a uniform, sewing a button, um, working with the props, you need to treat them with tremendous respect. They are all volunteers. They're there to help the band, to help their kids, and to assist you in making dreams come true. Every, I mean, I swear, every single time I, I get with band boosters, at any time, small or big, the word thank you is always the first out of my mouth. And when you treat people with tremendous respect and thanks, in by and large, they're going to treat you the same way. And... Um, you know, sometimes I say, thank you for things I'll never see. Thank you for all the million things you do, the problems you diffuse, everything. Because I, you allow me just to work with your kids. Have the, you know, I, I can just be the band or the teacher, the music teacher, the counselor, whatever, with your kids. When you take care of all the fundraising and you take care of all, help me with the logistics and everything like that, I can concentrate on your children. And that's another buzzword. When you tell people that I'm here for your children, I'm here for your kids, I have your kids' best interest in mind, 
that will keep you out of some danger because no one can argue with that statement. Nobody. That's what you are there for, the kids. And the parents help me as volunteers so that I can spend the most of my time with the children and teaching music. And that's why I've been here 30 years, because I've got a group of parents that have allowed me that, you know, 99% of the time I could be what you think of it as a band director with the kids and everything like that. And they are really great about helping with everything else. And I just can't thank them enough. And I always do. And, um, you know, praise them up and down and tell them what a great idea. Oh, I love this. I don't own this program. That's the other thing you have to realize as a band director. You don't own the program. Yes, you're responsible for it. But someday you're going to leave it. And it's going to become somebody else's. I'm the guardian of it while I'm here. I'm going to take as good care of it as I can. But in the end, you know, it's really, you know, the kids and the parents. So um, hopefully if you do those type of things, I don't think you're going to get to too many confrontations. You will have them, but not too many. And that goes along with relationship building. Just like we have to build relationships with our students, we have to do the same thing with the parents. Absolutely. You almost want to think of the parents as extensions of their kids. And that, you know, you're not only the kids band director, you're a little bit the parents too. And you're teaching them like the kids how to treat each other with respect. And again, the, if you model that all the time, if you make it cool to say thank you, thank, oh, that's wonderful, they'll do the same thing. And through some of the conversations that I've had with colleagues and from personal experience, I feel like where some band directors run into a roadblock is with communication. It's one thing to verbally say thank you or, or even to give a card or a letter and, and, and say thank you on a regular basis. Uh, and be appreciative for how much they do, uh, these parent volunteers. But it's another thing to show them how much you appreciate what they do by little things like responding to emails, uh, responding to phone calls. I would say that any issue, any conflict that I've ever ran into with a parent could probably 90% of the time stem back to a communication error, either on my side or theirs. And even though we are very busy people as band directors, and we probably, if you're like me, get 60 to 100 emails a day through school system and other places, you still have to make time to look through, read emails and respond to them. And, and I will be the first to admit, I am not great at this. I would much rather pick up the phone and talk to somebody. It's very old school, I know. But regardless of how you do it, you need to make sure you communicate with the parents. And nothing will irritate a parent more than for them to feel like they are being ignored. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever, communication's always been very simple for me in terms of, I've, 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 I mean, everybody drops the ball at a time, but for the most part, I've, I've been really good. And I even, I even have my cell phone number. My kids and my parents have it. And what I tell them is I trust that you will use this with discretion. I mean, I'm here for you. I really am. You know, sometimes they always said the best way to tell, the best way to earn trust is tell people you trust them. So, you know, our principal gives us his, his uh, cell phone number. And, you know, for, for band director, of course, you're right there with the principal. But honestly, I'd give my kids it. And I say, I trust you. I, I will never go looking for trouble unless you make me have to go. But I'm giving it to you because if you're, I want you to know I'm there for you. And even the parents, I'm there for you. I'm here for your kids. I want to make this work. And so parents are like, wow. You know, it's not an us-them situation or me-you. 
It's a we situation. We're in here for the kids. So I tell them, hey, this is how you get a hold of me. I'm a good texter. I will get back to my emails. I, I do it pretty darn good. And, um, you know, accidents happen. But, you know, for the most part, just, yeah, good communication, less things fester. You get to the source of things and you can solve small problems before they come big. I think that something as a young director that, I mean, I know I struggle with sometimes is trying to put yourself in the parent's shoes because you can't, because you're, I mean, I'm not a parent yet. I don't plan on being one for a while, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that that's a hard thing that I had to kind of overcome was, was being able to put myself in their shoes. Um, Cause a lot, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily like a booster organization, but it was dealing with parents where sometimes, you know, it would be hard for me to understand, well, why is this kid not coming to the concert or why is this kid not staying for an after school rehearsal? But then when I kind of was able to think of it from, well, band, there's something outside of band and this, this kid, their band is only part of their life. And it's only, it's an even smaller part for the parents' lives a lot of times. And so they don't necessarily, I, I realized that they didn't understand that it was, it was, there was a disconnect between the two. Um, and I can share a piece of advice that I was given. Um, when you're a beginning teacher, a lot of people come in to the job thinking, well, I'm going to act like these kids' parents. And I'm going to go in thinking that like I rule the roost and I'm the best of the best and people are going to listen to me. But a lot of times as a young director, I realized that I don't have any cash in the bank. Like I can't, I can't go around, you know, spending money on people saying, oh, well, I'm the band director, so you need to listen to me. You know, it's like sometimes I had to realize I had to kind of take a step back and be like, I'm, I'm only 22. You know, most of these parents could be my parents um, or, or are that, that of that age. And a lot of times I kind of put it into, I'm like an older cousin in a way. Um, like I'm not, I'm, I'm not their age. I'm older than them, obviously, but really in the grand scheme of things, I'm not that much older than them. And so when dealing with parents, I was, I tried to be as very professional, but I tried to not overstep my bounds. I tried to never tell them how to parent their kids, which talking to a lot of my friends who are, who are younger directors, sometimes the way they talk about parents, they talk about them like, like they are of that age and of that importance to the kid. And, and really, I realized that I'm really not. Um, and, and that kind of helped me talk with the parents a little bit better and more on their level and not trying to overstep my bounds. That's really great. What you just said, there's a couple things that you said that really resonated with me. I do the same thing about, I use it as a piggy bank thing with my student leaders. I said, you have to put, when you build a relationship, you have to put money. Every time you compliment somebody, you put money in their piggy bank. And then when you have to ask them for something, it's a withdrawal. The danger is when there's no money in the piggy bank. And, you know, that's how we build student leaders. And we say, look, you for the first couple of weeks of marching band, boy, you are praising your underlings as much as you can, because then when it's time for you to kind of get a little tough and say, hey, look, we they'll go with you. OK, so that's I love that. I love that cash in the bank thing. Um, and the older cousin thing was was kind of a cool thing to do. Um, yeah, uh, you're um, you're right. You can't be somebody you're not. And I like how you say I'm a respectful cousin. And, um, you know, I, I haven't raised him, 
But, you know, I really enjoy working with your kids. I want to help them the best I can. All right. So your situation about the kid not coming to the concert, et cetera. I can make this statement of my 37 years doing high school, 38 years. There's times when I blew up at a kid and very rarely in the end did I feel good about that. Usually I kicked myself and said, I could have been better. I could have listened a little bit more. I could have gotten that kid one on one without blowing up in front of everybody and just said, hey, help me understand this. What am I missing here? You didn't come to the concert. Is there a problem? And I almost like 90 plus percent of the time you'd realize, oh, I didn't realize you don't have a ride. Your parents, your parents work. There's no. And I've learned that we, especially when you're young, you're so worried that people are going to think you're not strong, that you're not in charge. And even other students will goad you like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do this, Mr. Kane. Oh, this and this. They'll try to force you to be this tough guy. But in the end, you've got to sometimes take the kid one on one and say, hey, what's what's up? I want you to enjoy the concert. Do this. What am I missing? And the kid goes, yeah, I'm sorry. My dad works. He couldn't get home. I totally. How could we? Is there any way I can help you? Like, make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, can I help you with it? I promise you, you'll win. Because in the end, with the other students, you can take one of them aside and say, hey, did you know this? And the other kid goes, well, I didn't really know that. And say, I'm, I'm on it. I'm working on it. But just leave it to me, okay? Then you keep both instead of totally hashing out, trying to be the tough guy. And I've, again, I've been guilty of that. And then you realize I kick myself. I, I, I was coerced kind of into doing this and I feel like a jerk. And um, so honestly, um, usually I always try to find out the other side of the story one-on-one. And most of the time, it's a real situation. Most kids really want to be good. They want to come to the concerts. They don't want to do this. And usually if you talk, and then if you do find out it's kind of weird, then when you say, hey, you know, I'm going to have to dock your grade, you know that because everybody else does it. At least you're talking to them as a human being and you're not being a jerk in front of it. And then usually even the parents will say, well, okay. And because you didn't insult that kid, like, because 99% of what we do, even 99.999, is really fairly harmless stuff. I mean, consider what some of the other deal, principals are dealing with in the school, you know, a missed concert or something like that, you know. So, you know, it, just one-on-one with a kid, tried, I, I just, all I can tell you is all the situations that I've kind of lost my cool, most of them, I regret it. It just wasn't the right thing to do. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And, you know, as the band director, we have to remember that it is so important that, you know, if we do drop the ball and, you know, we, we fuss at a student or yell at a student or, or even with parents, if we, you know, forget to respond to an email or, um, you know, we make a mistake, we have to apologize and we have to own our mistakes. And I think that being that bigger person and, and, you know, as band directors, we're proud people. And if we can humble ourselves for a moment when we do make mistakes and uh, apologize, I think that both students and parents are more understanding and will respect you more in the long run. That's outstanding. Absolutely. Um, and I, and the other thing you have to realize is you want to say 
my job, I'm trying as hard as I can not to have any kids leave this band program without jeopardizing the ideals or right things. But quitting is not an option. Letting them go is not an option. Um, sometimes you get that mood like, well, if I could just kick this kid out, then everything gets better. Well, guess what? It doesn't. Because when that kid, you pull that kid out of the band, they have, they have roots with other kids. And pretty soon you've messed up everything. You don't realize it. You think, oh, get this one kid out. Because a lot of times kids see it that way. But as the director, you realize, oh, my God, they've got roots. They've got they, they have quiet relationships. And then you've I, I've done it. I've messed it up. And it's like, oh, crap. I If I would have just been calmer and thought it through. I tell my kids, of all my, in my entire career, there's probably been less than a handful of kids, I'm sure of it, that I've kicked out of band. Less than five in my entire career. And the ones that I finally did, except for maybe one, um, to be honest with you, it was justified. And I handled it with the parents and I just, it just tried to be very mature about it, but it was a no brainer. It was sort of like they almost broke the law. And I, I mean, I couldn't get around that, but um, I don't look at it like, okay, I say, everybody's got to make it. I've got to figure, I got to wait, figure it out when I talk to that kid that I want to be able to talk to them tomorrow and the next day. So don't be, you know, when you, when you talk to them and you talk about consequences, you still want to see them tomorrow and ban and smile at them and say, look, I love you, man. I love you. You just got to, you know, you got to pay the price, but then let's go. Let's forget about it. I forgive you. Let's move on. All right. For the sake of time, let's move on to our next question. Is it possible to have a functional band parent organization at the middle school level? You know, I, I think that most high school band programs, maybe not all, but most have a parent organization of some kind. And I'm sure there are some middle schools that do have parent organizations as well. But how do you create one at the middle school level and how do you make sure it's successful? Yeah, I would absolutely. Um, and again, it comes down to maybe tagging along with your high school band boosters. Maybe they can have a middle school band tagging along with that, making sure that the middle school principal is on board and finding out, um, uh, you know, that you're not trying to, you know, try to like, relax. I'm not trying to take over the school. I'm not trying to all of a sudden put all this work on. And, and that's the other thing about it. Um, you know, you want to tell them this is a middle school program. But then define the goals. Why are you putting together the boosters? Probably to raise money for instruments, music, to take the pressure off the school system, et cetera. Um, so again, piggybacking with the high school and working with the middle school principal, outlining your goals. Why are you doing this? And then finding a couple key parents that tend to be really on board to get it started. And then, you know, you can use the model at the high school. But I think absolutely. Um, I, I have uh, personal experience with this last year. Um, and we did what exactly what um, Dr. Markoch said was um, to to piggyback on the, uh, the high school. So the way that we ended up doing it was <clears throat> we just had middle school band parents as representatives. So we made um, one or two positions on the um, – the, the the high school band boosters and the reason one of the reasons we did this is like you said was um uh, to get money because at the school that i was at you were only allowed to have one fundraiser through the school every year so in turn we were like well we want to have a little bit more do some smaller stuff like a car wash and we couldn't do that 
through the school. So we ended up going through the band boosters and that way, and it also helped the parents understand the importance of the middle school as a band booster. Um, but we, and we had talked about doing a full band booster program at the middle school, but um, I think it also just depends on the size of the program. If you've only got, you know, under, if you've got under a hundred kids in the middle school, maybe a band booster is just better with the high school. But if you have 300 plus kids in your middle school band program, you know, that's a lot for one person. So I think that it just kind of depends on the situation on whether you need it. I think that's why we don't see as many um, middle school pro uh, middle school band boosters is because a lot of times there's not as many moving parts. Um, but I think really just making it's really helpful if you are like, you know, Andrew and I at Brevard, we are a direct one middle school basically to a high school. I mean, there are some, there's like the charter schools and stuff, but um, so it's very, that way it's very helpful. We can do that. But if you're in other counties where it's like open zoning, you know, that can be a lot harder um, to get that help. But if you are in that direct feeder to high school relationship, I think having one larger um, group is very helpful um, because then you can kind of have a more direction of the program and it helps with transitions as well. If like the middle school leaves, there's parents who know what's going on and they're not kind of just, you know, swimming without any, anything else. Yeah. Uh, there's a really great book that I would recommend for any young music educator or any young band director called Adventures in Band Building by Tom McCauley. And the subtitle is How to Turn Less Than It Could Be Into More Than It Should Be. And he gives tips and tricks and um, advice on, on, you know, building a band program. And whether that is one that is well-established or one that's starting from scratch. And there is a whole section about parent organizations. And, and this segues well into one of my other questions, which deals with COVID and, and how our programs have really been, a lot of them have been severely damaged, and that includes the parent organizations. And so the book recommends if you're uh, rebuilding a band parent organization or if you're starting one from scratch to start small. Uh, find two or three parents that are really passionate about um, you know helping students and, and being involved. Then if things go well that year, the following year, take another step into creating an actual organization. I would agree. All you need, it's like a kid. Uh, if you get the right kid to join a section, all of a sudden that kid's attractive and a couple other kids join the section. And before you know it, you've got a pretty nice, healthy one. And same thing with parents. You get a really good parent, someone that's um, got some nice social skills, that's easy to approach and kind of gun ho and they get something off the ground rolling. Then other parents start saying, hey, let me help you. You're, you're nice. And, and that's another thing why you need to treat your parents so well. And you need to insist, like for your parent presidents, I tell them the most important quality you need to have is just great people skills because you're trying to attract people like honey, attract people to come work as volunteers for the band. And if they're all, if those parents are praising other parents, 
you know, everybody loves a little praise, a little pat on the back. You're giving of your time. Thank you so much. This is awesome. What are your skills? Oh, I, I can design websites. Oh, great. This is where we need you. I can, I like to move trucks. Great. This is where we want you to be. Um, so, you know, but all you need is get one or two going at the middle school and you're, you're set to go. But absolutely, um, I think it's very doable. And boy, you're in such a great situation because my situation at Athens Drive, we're one of 20 some high schools in Raleigh. And my particular school has no direct feeder whatsoever. I, my, I, I, I get like a kid or two from 14 different middle schools. Easy. It, it, it's wild. It's never been much better than that, to be honest with you. And it's, um, yeah, it's uh, recruiting is a big thing at my school. I, it's just, it's, it's a great, once they're here, we, 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 we clean them up and we go, but honest to God, it's, uh, I get so many kids that are singletons from their schools. It's, it's pretty crazy in some ways. Yeah. And, and this is why having such strong parent organizations at the high school level is so important. Um, you know, Topher and I are in a situation where his students will come directly to me from one middle school to the high school, and it's rare that they don't know each other. The students know each other pretty well, and the parents know each other pretty well, but occasionally we will have a student that moves in from another school district, and the parents don't know anyone. The The student may not know any other student here, and that parent organization can be a welcoming face uh, and, and can be a, a safe place for those people to get to know one another and get to know the program. Yeah. And that's, you know, we like, that's why we go to away to band camp. Like we're one of the few schools that still go away and it's critical for us because it's such a bonding time, you know, they're away and we've got all these kids that don't know each other and we all, we kind of bond as a family and, um, it works. It really works. Um, in some ways it's, you know, it's out of necessity too, because the kids realize they've got to make friends. They're a little bit more open to each other. So um, I, I was amazed at the, you know, the disparate type of kids that come into our program and then coming out of it four years later, they are just bonded and jammed and going on to music in college and not majoring necessarily all the time, but just they love music. They love playing. And I love that, that we take this, all this, this wide diversity and then somehow we clean them up, bond them together and bam, away we go. The key thing is music's great. Band is great. We all know that. That's what changed our lives, changed my life personally. That's why I do what I do. And um, we want to pay it forward to other kids. Absolutely. Well, we've arrived at our last question, and we've actually covered it somewhat, but I wonder if we can dive a little deeper and get a little more specific if we can. How do you attract more parents to get involved and keep them involved in a parent organization? Um, give free beer at all the meetings. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't even know of an organization I've ever seen that in the end, it's about, it's a, it's a team full of hard workers that pull most of the weight. It, that's just kind of life. That's how it goes. Uh, even in our organization, we have really good parent involvement. I mean, Truly, I mean, I would say probably 80 to 90 percent of our parents do some type of work for our band. But still, it boils down to 10 to 15 percent that are the heavy lifters for the most part. Um, and you're right. We've touched on most of it. It You know, um, if if you 
if you make it as re, you know rewarding for them in the sense that you are appreciative for their efforts, um, we we make a big deal out of where's your talents? What would you what would you feel like you'd like to contribute to? And we also you know for me I'm like you know it's never too late to make friends. I tell the band parents you know you think okay I'm raising my kids I said I can't make no you can make friends new friends you can you can get new con you can get new ideas to do stuff come hang out with us we're fun the other thing is you want to tell them that um you know a lot of times high school kids could be a little bit funky about having my parents around and the parents feel the same way it's like oh my god I don't know but yet the kids the kids want the parents to be there just at a distance, but they really know. I tell my parents, my kids know if you're in the stands or not. I could tell them in their eyes and they really do want to play for you, but they don't want you too close to them, but they want you kind of there. So this is an ideal way to be around your kids, to watch them growing up, but at a little bit of a distance. And, you know, there's no, you know, I've raised two kids. They went through my band program. They're successfully married and gainfully employed. And band changed their lives. I saw it my own firsthand. Um, I was there as the band director, but yet at the same time, I kept a nice distance and let them be them. And parents could do the same thing. And um, I'll come over by the parents sometimes and hang out with them and say, "Hey, and you know, isn't this cool?" And then sometimes I'll give them inside scoops about things in the band and everything, and they kind of like that. You know, they're talking to the director. You know, I'm telling them all kinds of cool things about the underling about the band. And so they feel like they've got an inside track. So I'm just trying to make it as fun as I can. They have Christmas parties. Um, they have an end of the year party. The parents, you know, somebody has it over their house. Um, and so, we, and, and, you know, and then truly as a band director, especially when the parent graduates, but not necessarily, I have some, I'll play golf with them. I'll say, hey, let's play golf. And, you know, we don't get into really too sensitive stuff with kids privacy, et cetera. But we have a great time. I, they're friends. We try to promote friendships. And, and so we have a good time. Um, so there's some ideas. Um, I think for me, it, it was just being so young. It was just growing. It was just really just not being nervous to talk to people and just being friendly and not like unprofessionally friendly, but being just being a good person. I think it's so underrated. Um, and it's never talked about in college as somebody who just went through the college program. It's that is so important is just being a good person and being somebody and just taking a step back away from the fact that yes, we are all band directors and we, it is so important to us, but saying hi, saying thank you, shaking hands, those things that we were taught as five-year-olds will go way more than any scale or any long tone that you play with a group of kids. If Amen. you are a good person, it's just going to, it's just going to help you. Now, some people that might be a little bit over, over generalized, but I, I really think that if you just go in there and you're like, I care about your kids and I, and I, I want to see them successful, you're not going to go wrong. It's just when people start bringing themselves into it or they start bringing well, I'm just, I'm just trying to get them to be away, or I'm just trying to get them this MPA, blah, blah, blah. It's when they're like, oh, it's these goals. If you're just being a people person, that's, that's going to be the most important thing. I think that that's so underrated um, as when you're going through um, the, the ranks, I guess. And the goals, the goals are important. No doubt about it. I mean, 
trust me, I'm still a band director. I, I get all that stuff. And But the more you communicate with kids about what the real goal is and why we're going to these goals and talk to the parents about it. Why do you go to MPA? Why do you, like for marching band directors, setting, I call it the setting the philosophy. And it took me years to kind of figure out exactly how I feel in my heart. I remember having um, crossroads and I thought to myself, okay, I've got to make a decision. What do I want my program really to be like? I mean, I can go all kinds of different ways. What works for me personally, me as a professional, the way I want my goals. And, you know, I kind of come, come to Jesus with myself. And then once I said, yeah, I think this is, this is what I feel comfortable, then you must always communicate with your parents and your kids about your, your philosophy and why. And it, it can't be about you. I mean, a, a little bit could be saying, I know this. But in the end, if it helps the kids, it is going to help you. So it's kind of like, okay, go to MPA. I think you're ready to have some serious critique that we are going to actually try to play it as professionally as we can. Like we're going to the top quality that you can imagine, balance and all this expression. And we might not make it all, but we're going to, we're going to go so far and then it'll, it'll spread to the next things we do. It'll, it'll transfer to everything. And we're ready for that. We're, we're, we can do it. And I want to get the feedback and you've got to realize that, you know, the goal may be a superior or a goal might be a first place. Um, but if we fall short, but we know we've done the right things up to that point and we haven't done it in a super negative way or a, it's OK, it's a good journey. And the kids will be right there with you. They'll say, we understand. We get it. OK, let's go. I mean, before we go to MPA, I always ask the kids, do you want to do this? And most of the kids are like, yeah, we do want to go. I say, now, let's understand the ground rules. You know, we're all going to have to be present on that day. We're, you know, we're all going to have to know that we're going to have to spend a little more time on this music. So when you start going, I'm getting a little tired of it. Yeah, but you're going to have to play it under the microscope. And so when you're really nervous, it's got to be there, right? And we're going to have to be nitty gritty. And I'm going to bring other teachers in. And they might say, well, you know, this, so you have to, you know, say, look, we're all in, we're trying to get this. Marching band, same thing. Why are we doing it? Why do we do these competitions and not these competitions? You know, we don't go to Bands of America. We don't do that. Now, it's not that I'm against it. I think it's wonderful. I've been to the Summer Symposium. I, I know the people. But I don't know. The way I want to run our program and the way I want to do our goals in marching band, what we want to do as a marching band, hmm, that's not really where I want to spend my money on. And it's not really the profile that I think I, I feel comfortable with. I, I, I like to develop this type of brand. So I talk to the kids about that even in band camp. So they understand. And when they talk to other kids, like, great, you do you. Amen. We're going to do us. And I think we can both be successful. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could run your band program and still be incredibly successful. It's in the end, it's got to work with you and it's got to be healthy for the kids. And I love that word healthy. If it's healthy for the kids and it's good, you, you, it jams with your philosophy, the way you like to do music and teach and what your philosophy is, then go you're going to be just fine. Yeah, that's great. So well said from both of you. Thank you very much. This portion of our show is sponsored by Audish. Audish is a platform for managing any audition process from the classroom to a region or state event. From invitations, registration, billing, and messaging, all the way through the judging, scoring, tabulation, analysis, and wrap-up reports, Audish can help you have a successful audition process. For more information, check out their website at audish.app. That's A-U-D-I-S-H dot app. 
The Band Office is also sponsored by the North Carolina Chapter of the National Band Association. If you're not a member of the National Band Association, well, you should be. By becoming a member, you'll receive subscriptions to the Instrumentalist Magazine, the NBA Journal, access to the NBA Membership Directory, access to teaching materials, mentors and mentor programs, and so much more. To join today, visit nationalbandassociation.org. And now, back to the show. I like to conclude each episode with one final word of advice or by sharing something that a mentor once told you that has made a major impact on your teaching career. If you could share only one thing with a new band director, what would that be? I think what the, the thing that the, the thing that I learned this year is it's kind of a two part thing is don't be afraid to try things as a new director. Um, Cause for me, I, the way I kind of structured my entire first year of teaching was I took my mentor um, or I took a few really good band directors and I basically did exactly what they did. And I, I used their same materials. I taught it basically the same way they did. And I figured out what was, what worked for me. And honestly, I mean, I respect my mentor very well and he's fantastic, but it didn't a hundred percent drive with me. So I tried something slightly different. Did it work? No, it didn't. It fell flat on its face. And so I tried something else and that went okay. And then I tried something else. And I think people, we, at least for me, I struggled with, I was like, I have to get it right. And I think something that I learned was there's not a way to do band. There's not a way to run a program and every program's different. Um, and for me, I think the biggest piece of advice I could give somebody is, is don't be afraid to try things and don't be afraid to ask questions. I called so many people <laughs> when I was this entire year, I will continue to call so many people and then bring them in to your band room. <laughs> I cannot tell how many things this year saved my butt from bringing people in and just having them watch me teach and then talking to them afterwards about what worked, what didn't work. Um, and cause if I didn't, I would not be nearly as even remotely successful as I was if I didn't bring those people in. Um, and, and a lot of time and listening to what they say and not being like trying to immediately give an excuse because I did that. I will be guilty as charged when somebody come in they'd be like, well, you know, your clarinets aren't doing this. And I'd be like, well, you know, you know, they're, they're like this. Oh, that kid. Oh, he can't really do that. Or, or I'd say, well, I'm not a clarinet player. And, you know, realize looking back, you know, that's not a good thing to, to, to do. And, and to really make sure that you understand that you don't know what you don't know, and somebody might be telling you that, um, and you don't realize it. And and I think that just listen to, I hate to say this, listen to the old people, because they know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, uh, and just because they've done it for so many more years. And, and, and I think as the young director, we need to also hear that we do know a lot. We do. 
we just haven't figured out the the way that it, we can implement it yet. I think that's what I've realized is we know a lot. We just don't know how to implement it. And we have to find the people who can help us get there. Yeah. Topher, just one thing, though. We Just to clarify, we don't say old. We say experience. Uh, uh, yes. Seasoned. <laughs> Seasoned. Seasoned. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> Oh, you sound, you actually sound very seasoned. You, you, Tover, everything you said, I'm like, wow. I mean, you sound like someone that is, is far older and, and you're so good because you've already kind of realized some of those lessons. There's guys that are 10, 12 years older than you and they, they haven't figured that one out. My, maybe my big thing is I was listening to talk because you, you, you took a lot of my material, but I would say this, um, find a way to get instrumental professionals into your program, a flute teacher, a clarinet teacher, saxophone teacher, trumpet teacher, that one-on-one -on -one is incredible. I mean, it is worth every dollar you can ever spend. So the last six, seven years and coming out of COVID, we, we had to do it. I spend most of my money on instrumental instructors coming into the band room, whether it be once a week or once every other week, or even once every three weeks, horn teacher, trombone teacher, you can get them everywhere. You can have a parent that plays really well that can that you trust and say, look, I need you to work with my kid. Have them uh, sign in the office, get the volunteer thing going on, and then sit down with your kids. It's a sectional, and they play something. They're going to say something to your kid in a way that you didn't say it. Boom, the light comes on. I'm a low brass guy, right? Um, I don't have expert experience on woodwinds, even though I've, I've worked with them. I know all the – like I'll tell my – parents i'm your general md doctor i tell you what's like okay there's a big problem here but i'm not a specialist i can't be a specialist in everything i get a clarinet guy in there working or girl and they're working and they're, they're working with the embouchures and say play it like this and all of a sudden the kid comes back in the room and it's like oh my god that's the best 50 bucks i ever spent in my life and so if if i was going to do my career all over again say I would have had teachers in there from the get-go and saying, look, I'm going to find a way, beg them, take them to dinner, work with your parents. Like, we've got to get this. It's kind of like you're a football team. You have a football team, and every instrument is a, you know, offensive, defensive, special teams, quarterback, wide receivers, et cetera. I need coaches. I need people to give them. Now, here's what happens. Not only does the kid actually get better, on their instrument, embouchure, tone quality. But when they're sitting in your band room, you could tell they're more engaged because they're like, I gotta figure this out. It's not just notes and rhythm. I, I gotta get a better tone quality. We were working on this type of thing. Plus, the teacher gives them things to work on, like musics. The kid comes in more mature. They also look at the teacher and go, oh, so you're an engineer, but you do trumpet on the side. Hey, maybe I can do that later in my profession. Or you have the professional musicians that, hey, he's young. He's really cool. He's not like you, Doc. He actually, like, he understands what Instagram and all that type of stuff is. But we laugh because I said, you know, deep down, though, we're, we're just still the same. The bottom line is this. If you can get other people in your band room, they're not going to take your authority away. They're actually going to help you a millionfold. Texas does this all the time. That's why Texas is Texas. They have these, they call them paraprofessionals, and they work at different high schools. They'll come around, the trumpets, the horns, the trombones, the high brass, low brass. That's, you will thank your luck. Oh, God, will you be thankful? You'll be so happy because the kids are going to get more mature. They're going to play better. You don't have to solve the infinitesimal little problems as much. 
Um, then the kids start teaching the kids. The older kids start teaching the young kids, and they actually know what they're doing. They know what they're saying. Plus, some are going to be attracted to private lessons. They're going to say, hey, I want to do private lessons in the summer with you. They've built up a little relationship. Boom, that happens. So that's my word of advice. Wow, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Nothing improves a program faster than having really strong masterclass and private lessons teachers. That is so important. Well, uh, Dr. Markoch, Topher, the guests that I have had on my show so far are always people that I highly respect as music educators or who have impacted my career in some form or fashion. And I just wanted to hold up this packet of material. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've gone back through and consulted this thing and found so much that I can use in my own classroom. You have a sheet in here that says, smile with your eyes a lot. And I've made that a poster that I see every time I leave my office as kind of a reminder that each day I'm impacting a child's life. And if I can make a kid's day brighter just by smiling and being kind, then it is so worth it. So thank you, Dr. Markoch, for that. And Topher, we are new colleagues, uh, but I look so forward to working with you, and we are going to have a a great time uh, building this program. You are very lucky to have each other. I I noted that relation. I went, oh, these guys, you've got it. Um, But thank you so much for those kind words. Um, I, you know... We are givers. As teachers, we give. We're constantly giving. And I just got to the point in my profession that I said, I think I've got, you know, I've, I've gotten a, the experience and, and I've learned a lot of things that I just want to pay forward to the other band directors. And when I hear you say stuff like that, that really makes all that work compiling it worth it. That's what I wanted to do it for. I'm, it's, it's things that, you know, I... I, I love learning and I still learn every day. The reason why I do what I do, besides just giving, is I'm always learning. I'm always saying, what if I tried this? Maybe this will go a little better next year. I'm, I'm, I've never, it's still to me challenging and exciting and um, just have never lost the love for that. So you're learning. I love how you're both learning all the time. And I am too. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on today and giving your insights here. I really appreciate it, and it was a pleasure. It really was. Dr. Markoch, take care. Okay. Take care, you two, and enjoy your summer, and uh, hope to see you guys around. Mr. Kane, thanks again. Thank you. I was muted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thank you for joining us here on The Band Office. We truly hope that you find your way back to us to find words of advice and encouragement that will help you have a more successful time in your classroom as a music educator. You can find The Band Office on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and the Anchor app. This podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina chapter of the National Band Association. Theme music is written and performed by the Westerlies.